I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, boys, girls, animals, minerals, vegetables, I don't know, shadows, whoever you are, whatever you are, whatever you're doing. This is the Waypoint UK podcast, episode eight, eight already. Uh, We've now gone two weekly, every two weeks, so you can come and find us on waypoint.vice.com or on any of your podcast distributing services of choice on that iTunes podcast addict. I'm sure others are available. I mean, I can't even keep up with them. There are probably, I don't know, a half dozen or so. Um, my name is Mike. I'm the senior editor at Waypoint, and I'm joined today by the returning Kate Gray. What up? A Waypoint megastar, uh, recurring guest. Drinking tea. Drinking tea. Uh, <laughs> back once again like a renegade master. That's me. That Indeed. song is about me. It, the whole song is about you. It's uh, true. We'll get on to where you haven't been on the podcast lately in a moment. And also, uh, a dev friend has joined us. Uh, Paul uh, Kildoff-Taylor of Mode 7 Games. How are you doing, Paul? Hello. I'm delightful. You're delightful? Yes. Are you delighted to be here or just delightful in general? No, it's pretty much the delight is just radiating from my very core. <laughs> you Aww. do look very delighted. Thanks. I'm, I'm reclining on the sofa. I've got everything I need. We've, so. got, we've got tea. We've got settees. Everything is fine. Uh, yeah, so thanks for choosing to uh, listen to this podcast. It's really, really appreciated. You can find, uh, like I said before, everything on waypoint.vice.com. There's articles, videos, further podcasts, all that good, cool stuff. So crashing straight into this conversation for today. Kate Gray, where Hello. the hell have you been? Because you've been on the podcast a few times and I was trying to get yeah. you to come here more regularly and then you <laughs> bug it off. Yeah, well, uh, I moved out of my house in February, which feels like a very long time ago. And then I went to Belgium and then I went to Spain and then I went to America for a month and that's where I've been and I came back like a week ago, week and a half ago. And now I'm here in London, which is a much less exotic. Than You're all those back places. just in time for just Article time. 50. How's that feel? Uh, no politics on the podcast, Mike. <laughs> I think you could have just left it. Uh, yeah, well, that, my six-year-old too. son was asking about Brexit this morning. Oh, really? And this he, is he, like one of those tweets that isn't true. He no, he was. Okay. He was. My my. What he was complaining about something that yeah. he had to do at school today or tomorrow, <laughs> sometime in the week. Right. My wife said. Well, it could be worse. It's not like you're facing down, you know, staring down the barrel of Brexit or something, is it? Now go to school. And he was like, what's the, what? what? Anyway, video games are a thing. Yeah. Uh, but you were in America for, for particular things. You were there for events and, and uh, yeah. trains. Uh, I was there for trains. Uh, so I flew to Chicago accidentally two days early uh, before all my friends got there. So I messed around in Chicago for a while, had deep pan pizza. It's all right. And then I went on, I know, right? They go really deep though, don't it's, they? It's intensely disappointing. You get yeah. it and you're like, oh, it's like pizza, but there's more crust, the yeah. bit no one really exactly, wants. Exactly, right? Yeah, it's terrible. Why too much tomato you, sauce as well. Anyway, that? So that not the highlight of my trip. But then I went on Train Jam, which is a 52, well, it was 55 because of delays, hour train journey from Chicago. It's very important. Chicago to San Francisco uh, in time for GDC. So... In past years, they've had, I think, 60 to 100 people on the train. This year, we had a whole train. 316 people, I think it was, in total. That sounds 
as someone as a regular commuter that yeah. sounds like hell logistically uh for adriel the person who organized it all it probably was hell for everyone else it was like a magical wonderland was there a bar everyone was there a trolley mm, there was Did a, a trolley, trolley come through with like kit kats and like no. peanuts on it no uh we weren't allowed any nuts apple tizer on the whole of the train there were no nuts there were no nuts on the whole train i think one of my friends accidentally brought <laughs> nutella but it was okay. allergies right <laughs> <Yeah>. allergies <laughs> oh my god um, it's like it's like a school you can't take peanut butter into a into a primary school. Good. It's like Good. it's like a bomb alert situation. It's crazy. Well, we didn't have any of that, luckily, but we did have games. Segway. Uh, <laughs> everybody is supposed to make a game during Train Jam. Well, not everybody, but everybody who wants to. Was there a theme, or does it not have? There a was a theme. Unexpected anticipation was the theme. Uh, that makes no sense. It was because we were worried about delays. Adriel came up with the theme, unexpected anticipation. That was the theme. Uh, I already had an idea for a game, so I just kind of made it be about that. And uh, and people work on games in teams, sometimes alone. Everyone's doing different things. There were quite a few VR games. There was one hardware game which involves trying to find an invisible cat. What was VR like on a moving train? Uh, I didn't play the I mean, game. Did that room have a particularly pungent odor to it? We di- we didn't have a VR room. It's a train. Yeah, but rooms have like compartments, right? They have cabins. Very small ones, not big enough for yeah. VR. Like people slept on this train, right? They did. Most people slept in coach, so just in the seats that they're sitting in. That's uh, no good for how many de- yeah. for how many hours? You can't sleep in a well in for a the chair. normal sleeping hours. I think um, I had a bed. This is not healthy, Kate. <laughs> I know, I had a bed. Those people are wrecked, no doubt. for that. And they end yeah. up at GDC. So all those poor know, developers, yeah. like walk around GDC, like hunchbacks. Basically. That's why. Yeah. Paul, have you ever done this? I haven't, but I've seen the pictures of the developers arriving mm-hmm. post-train and mm. it's, it's not a pretty sight. Everyone smells real bad. It's great. Yeah. I had a shower, so it's fine. On the train? Yeah. So where were they getting hot water pumped from? I don't know. I don't know how trains work. I don't understand this. <laughs> It was fine. The shower was actually quite nice. It was a good, good, yeah. <laughs> yep. good mm-hmm. I'm pleased. Uh, another highlight of the trip was the shower. It was fine. Um, so yeah, there were, I think, 80-something games in total that came out of Train Jam. Some of them were good. Mm. Uh, mine is okay. It's very... Do you want to rev- tell us what it is? It's called Post Burb, like bird with a B. Um, bub. Burb. 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 But how are you spelling bub? Burb. Like B- Burb, like the Tom Hanks film, The Burbs. B-I-R-B. Bird with a B. Oh, Burb. Burb. Oh, why didn't you say? I did. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Post-Burb, all one word. Um, <laughs> it's got Flappy Bird style controls and you play a little bird. A uh, post-bird, in fact, post-burb. And you have to deliver letters to and from various forest creatures slash objects. One of them's a tomato, so I don't know. Um, who gets, who receives post. And sends post, yeah. And they're all talking to each other and there's this like little narrative that's going on. But when we actually imported the letters into the game, they're all out of order. So there's no narrative. You're just delivering random letters at random points in time. And then at one point, it just you just run out of letters and that's it. The game's over. The wow. End. Yeah. What, would you, what would you score that on an old like O&M um, system? Like four out of 10 because it makes no sense. It's very wow. cute. And it's got lovely music because my friend David Fenn did the music and it's very good. Oh. Um, and Andrew Gleason did the programming. They both worked on Titan Souls together. So, oh, the Acid Nerve guys, aren't they? Uh, That's yeah. Their names, um, isn't it? Andrew did the art, and David did the music. Yeah, I remember uh, those guys. So yeah. I met them at Resd a few years they're, ago they're before right. that game came out. They're all right. Yeah, this is weird. Weird podcast is actually because we could we might end up talking saying a few things about Resd, but this yes. will go out 
after Rezzed. Oh. So if you hear us mention Rezzed... It was good, probably. It was, it was probably good. <laughs> like, Paul, uh, you'll be at Rezzed showing off some new games. Ooh. Yes. Because um, what Kate's been making post-Burbs, post post uh, yeah. the sequel to the Tom Hanks film No One Remembers. <laughs> like, did you ever see The Money Pit? Mm-mm. Right, it, The Burbs was marginally better than The Money Pit. Good to know. Uh, the Money Pit had a classical composer in it like uh, who was like the villain, but he wasn't really a villain. But he was after Tom Hanks' wife. But the actor was also one of the terrorists in Die Hard. And so, like, I haven't just, even seen Die Hard. Do you know what? I drove past the Die Hard building. Someone pointed at it and went, Nakatomi that's the Plaza. building, apparently. That's the building from Die Hard. Is there not and like a den just... where Alan Rickman fell off the roof? I like, have outside. no idea. I haven't seen Die Hard. But like, I was just looking at this, this skyline of skyscrapers and I was like, one of those is from Die Hard. But they all look the same and I have no idea which one my friend was pointing at. So mm. I've seen probably the building from Die Hard. That's, That's exciting, I, mean, I right? haven't, apart I from know. in the film. Um, yeah. is, are there any buildings in forthcoming indie <laughs> strategy game Frozen Synapse 2 um, that resemble Nakatomi Plaza? Nakatomi Plaza, in fact, features in Tokyo 42. Oh. Just to pivot that's, somewhat. That's there good. is actually a building with Nakatomi on it, that's cool. which features in a kind of action sequence early on in the game. Wow. So th- this ended up being relevant. This is good. This was an appropriate <laughs> segue. I'm very impressed. This is an appropriate segue. Um, so before we get on to um, the two games you've got, you've yeah. got I mean, just, just give us a kind of a, a, a potted history, if you will, of Mode 7 um, and, and what it's done and where it's going with these next two games then, Paul? Sure. So we kind of started in 2005. I say kind of because my business partner, Ian Hardingham, had been making games and stuff before I kind of joined up with him properly. And we made a really bad sword fighting game called Determinants, where you flew around and controlled your sword with the mouse, everything about which was entirely ill-conceived. I mean, it sounds better than For Honor, if I'm honest. I mean, you could say that. Yeah. I'm not going to, but you could. I just Um, did. Yeah. Well, that's fine. So we did that, and that kind of led us on to doing some contract work and stuff. That paid for Frozen Synapse, Mm -hmm. which was a simultaneous turn-based tactical game that came out in 2011. That did reasonably well. Mm. So from that, we went on and did a couple of other things. And now we're doing a sequel and we're also publishing games. So Frozen Frozen Synapse, I was going through old Edge magazines the other day, clearing up my room, and that got a 9 out of 10. It it did. Edge. Yeah. Like like in real money, that's like like 12 out of 5 in real money. We we grew up reading Edge. We used to sit at Ian's kitchen table and kind of laugh at some of the more pretentious things in there and the idea of but always always with a sense of awe and an appropriate level of respect um (laughs) and just being amazed by the kind of lack of bylines for some reason um which it still doesn't have in the review section very strange Mm. uh but yeah to to get that and just to even be in edge because when we when we did our first game indie games are always in the like hey weird column Mm -hmm. at the start of magazines so to get a proper review in something was incredible and then to get a good score all of those scores came in very quickly after it really so we were just kind of in this stunned bewildered state yeah. and i can't believe that some of that happened still um certainly after our previous game but um yeah no it's it, it was a big deal to us it still is really what, what is that like when you as a as a you know the small studio you've been partnering away you know when you get that quote-unquote hit with the critics like what does that mean for you in terms of like just the rush you feel but how does that also convert to profit in a way like you know like you get this great game and it's doing really well you need to sell that game to make more games, don't you? So, so that presumably like 
this kind of pivots around back to like we don't need reviews anymore kind of talk but like games like that benefit from those good reviews which turn into word of mouth which turn into sales presumably right i mean certainly then uh sort of back in 2011 if you got good press valve would kind of email you and say hey have you considered putting this on steam uh which which yes, please yeah, yeah. Sort of, <laughs> yes we had in fact considered that um so yeah you, you get this very practical benefit and it gets visibility you know nobody knew about advertising then very few devs do still so it's all anything that you can get for free kind of thing is is good um, but to get that stamp of approval kind of from, we never saw ourselves as being part of any kind of industry or, or anything really. We, neither of us had really worked in the games industry. We were just making games because it was something that we sort of figured out how to do and we wanted to get better at. So to get that sort of, that kind of recognition from something that felt like this big monolithic, you know, the games mm. press is, is being nice about us was just a really, really incredible feeling because it just wasn't something that we'd ever accessed other than kind of as fans or as, as readers. So the feeling that we got from that really is kind of one of the most exciting things that's happened to us. Um, and it's something that you chase, you know, it happens once and you really want it to happen again. So we're, that's a kind of massive motivator mm. for us. Getting good reviews is something that we, that we really, really care about. Um, in terms of does it translate into sales, that's a complicated question because all of that stuff is multifactorial. So if you get good reviews and you come out at a good time, you do good marketing and your game is good and people talk about it, that's all going to combine into an effect. But one of those things happening on its own isn't going to do anything, especially now. Right, yeah. And you say like, you know, you're chasing that again, which is what you're doing with a sequel. I'm guessing the reception of that game is why you're like, we should do another one of those. Yeah, I mean, just that we felt that we'd done something which... Um, just summarise of... what the game is again. Sure. Like, like yeah. you, I know you mentioned it then, but for anyone who's listening who might have seen the name doesn't really know what... you know, Because even in a... Like, if you looked at it on YouTube, for instance, you wouldn't necessarily know immediately what you do in that game. Sure. Well, uh, it's a simultaneous turn-based game, so that means you make a plan for your actions, your opponent does the same thing for the next five seconds of time, and then the plans play out together. So it's very much about anticipating what your opponent's going to do, be it a person or, or an AI, and it has randomly generated terrain, so quite small levels, and you have quite recognizable unit archetypes, so machine gunners, shotgunners, rocket launchers, and so on, uh, and it's top-down. So you, it, it's just sort of planning tactical combat. The main inspiration was Counter-Strike. So the idea that if I know kind of where you're going to be and I know what weapon I have, then I can win. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of the, the main inspiration for it, really. And translating that into quite simple visuals so everything was very, very clear. Yeah, look, I mean, it's still... I know you're carrying that aesthetic through for the sequel to a bit. I mean, it still looks cool, you know, that, that kind of like... One of the things we found... Neon-y vibe, I right, suppose, yeah. Just the, our last game, Frozen Cortex, we kind of went a bit more glossy and we sort of allowed artists to free reign and stuff and that was fun and it was interesting to do for that project but now i think stylization is really really important and standing out and having a really strong visual identity especially with millions of cool looking games the art standard in indie games has just skyrocketed mm. now so stylization is one way almost of cheating that if you have very very strict parameters then there's sort of few things that can fail in terms of like your worst looking asset isn't going to look too bad and that's really what you know, can undermine a lot of games. So yeah, we're sticking with that style. I think our artist Rich Whitelock has done an amazing sort of evolution of it and just mm. subtly added to it and made it a bit more bit more up to date uh, than the original one. Um, you still get people who will comment like "lol MS Paint graphics" on on stuff, which, but that's <laughs> but that's good. Like that's a good, <laughs> yeah. good problem, I think. Well, I guess that I mean you're always going to get that whenever people who understand games to be this big shiny thing over here, they look at you know 
things made by two or three or four people and can't get their head around like how that can exist in the same universe. But it's weird, like you mentioned Edge then about like how like being in the back of the magazine with the other reviews. I like the way that games are presented like that. Like I know Xbox are doing a big thing right now where like all these games are sold in the same place. Like, you know, it doesn't matter if you're like a one man team or a 300 man team, it's on the same storefront. So I mean, I guess, I guess that's quite, uh, what's the right word? I think like, um, you know, it's encouraging for indies, isn't it? To know that these platform holders, like you say, you know, Valve coming to you, like, are looking out for, small interesting games like frozen synapse and, and like obviously tokyo 42 that people have been raving about for a while now which yeah um it's yeah. been a real change particularly at microsoft um the idea xbox program that they've mm-hmm. been doing has made a huge difference to us um as well as a lot of other indie developers and sony have been supporting us as well mm. particularly with these larger companies a lot of it is about learning to navigate the kind of internal pathways um of what they're doing and so having people there at the front end who can help you with that um it is really good and and so platform holders doing that is absolutely essential. But Microsoft particularly, um, they ran an event at GDC. So we were able to kind of see most of the kind of key uh, US press out there, just kind of with all of the other idea at Xbox games. And that's super useful. And again, not something you would have seen, you know, five years ago in any capacity, really. Yeah. I mean, it's all part of, I guess, this progression towards people uh being more readily available to make games and also to distribute distribute them you know like, like i've spoken to the people at sony before about this about like how there used to be so many stages to getting a game published or like you know promoted through psn or whatever now it's a few conversations with one person effectively in terms of that your your contact man or person at a company i mean in your experience and you found this you said like you know five years ago this never would have happened you know if you if you were making frozen synapse you know five years before you did I'm, I'm guessing it would have been a whole other thing then. Yeah, I mean, that there. would be sort of in, in the phase where I think the only indie developers really who had games on Steam kind of before that era were people like Introversion. Uh, they managed to get Defcon on there and, and Uplink sort of fairly early on. Um, and also Mark Healy, who did Ragdoll Kung Fu and now is at Media Molecule. That was kind of one of the, I think that might have been the first indie game on Steam. So this was just around the time people were actually waking up to the potential of like, hey, what if we put one of these weird little games on our service? Maybe that would that would make some money. So the evolution of that, although it's kind of, it feels like it's happened quickly, uh, it's had to go through a number of stages to, as you say, kind of getting to parity with the bigger titles. Yeah. And it, it affects the audience a lot as well. You know, you get people saying oh i'd never play an indie game and that sort of feels like a weird thing to say Mm -hmm. now because there's so many different types of indie game that Mm -hmm. work with different genres and everything so it's nice to get that that attitude shift that's really helpful to me as someone i don't want there to be any negative preconceptions about our games you still get people who will will be like oh this looks like pixel art Mm -hmm. whatever (laughs) and that but that's fine you're never going to get those people i mean that the old I, i guess the kind of old umbrella of this is indie, this is not. It just doesn't apply anymore, does it? Yeah. You know, we see massive scale in, you know, independent projects. They are, you know, them coming out all the time and just being incredible. Um, you talked about potential there. I heard the P word. Um, <laughs> you obviously struck upon that with the publishing side of Mode 7 now, then with Tokyo 42, which I'm pretty sure I saw, saw a double page spread or something in Edge of that the other month. You know, that's being talked up. Yeah, again, really, really incredible and, and really nice response from people. The, the thing that really happened with that was as soon as i saw the visuals for it because you're not you know you're not 
making it in no no it's it's two guys uh they're called smack Smack games yeah Yeah, two brothers sean and magic um (laughs) and they're they're making it in a north london kitchen largely Fantastic. (laughs) Um, so uh, it's yeah it's been a really really interesting one we decided that we wanted to do some publishing and then went to just one event which was for developers to pitch to publishers and saw that and immediately just said you know how much money do you want uh it really it was it was we don't have that much it was uh no they were surprisingly really reasonable actually so it, it's just kind of you're yeah. saying you got them on the cheap basically yeah. yes uh, <laughs> and i will happily lord that over them more. forever um cheap uh, financially emotionally no oh i see um <laughs> yeah no it, it's <laughs> just to kind of i knew that if we got that in front of people it would it would yeah. have a chance oh, it of looks incredible impact. yeah like you know um, somewhere between i I think even the the blooming websites kind of elevate a pitch or something like you know GTA via syndicate or something. Right. It, it, I, I totally get the syndicate vibe, but it's got the the way the world twists around. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It, 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 people will say, "Oh, it's a bit like Fez." Well, it's, obviously, it's not like Fez, exactly. But, we haven't know, played up the Fez thing because yeah. of it, it's really it couldn't be sort of more unrelated in terms of yeah. gameplay you know it, it's a sort of shooty action game so it's so that's nice and people can make those inferences i mean monument valley is, is kind of the other one with yeah. the isometric art style but that's kind of there in the visual so we didn't yeah. feel like we needed to play it up whereas the gta one i think is kind of a really mm-hmm. under like oh yeah i mean yeah there's only top down gta right a lot of people like that stuff and there's only retro city rampage i think which mm-hmm. kind of comes close in terms of you know anything like that really so uh, that was a thing we wanted to to play up a bit and that and that's worked i think as a comparison that's worked really well yeah and and that's i mean how far along are these two next games in i mean I, I, you know rest has been and gone people but you're showing them both at rest <laughs> yeah, we have been are uh, showing them We've at rest done that there yeah. are further events coming up though this year which you'll be showing them off at, of course yeah yeah no we'll be uh we'll be around the place so tokyo 42 is basically done uh now Ooh. there's some work left to do on multiplayer but all the sort of the gameplay stuff is there mm-hmm. and we're going into into cert um with the sort of single player part of the game now so there's a bit of uh, a jiggery pokery left to do to get it out but it's it's really there now um and it's it's very good if i do say so myself i can say that because i didn't i didn't make it <laughs> i like being a publisher because you can just be immensely self-aggrandizing with no sort of actual direct reference to your own labor um <laughs> so uh, it's it's a very very good game they have done amazingly well it's their first game mm. uh, yeah i know it's it, they work insanely hard as well and it, yeah. it's really paid off so um yeah i'm i'm jealous of them as well it yeah. sort of makes this a bit hard <laughs> uh yeah they've achieved a huge amount it's, it's yeah. really good i can't wait for people to actually play it um and sort of see if it lives up to the visuals i think it does so when when you say for anyone who's unclear like it's now in certification like mm. what what does that mean then that means like the team has finished it and you pass it to yeah i, I can't i'm not really able to talk about that process too much but it, oh, it, it just yeah, means yeah, it, it yeah. you send it off to the platform holders and they do checks on it to make sure yeah. it's okay and it's it's a process that takes quite a long time yeah, so right, you have to take- get Take months at a time sometimes. It can do, yeah. You have to get into that. um, And then there's sort of secondary things you can do kind of around the process that take time. So even though it's there, I still can't give you a proper release date. But it's going to be soon. It's crazy. Um, yeah. All the things that people maybe don't realize that, you know, even when a game's done, yeah. it's not done. Releasing something on a console, you know, we talked about how nice the sort of signing title publishing side is now. Yeah. The technical side of getting it to a finished product is an enormous job and and people really don't realize how hard that is mostly because it's a you know you can't really talk about the process that <laughs> yeah much. of course so there's yeah. no understanding of it but it's just just for any you know as any small dev team to get a game released on a console mm. is a mammoth task just um, go to unity 
Build for Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Send it's an email it's it to fine. them. It's you fine. It's fine. It's a checkbox. Um, Put it on Dropbox. <laughs> <laughs> presumably this stuff is, you know, multiplied in terms of potential headaches if you go multi-platform then. You know, there. Yes. I guess different platforms would be like, well, that doesn't work over here for us. Multi, like, oh, multi-platform, shit. multi-territory, yeah. uh, multi-language. All of those things are just a wonderful Ferris wheel of Having joy. Having to make different UI because all the buttons are different on every yep. bloody console. Yep, yep, yep. Oh God. Well, <laughs> yep. well, you know, my Xbox has an A button and my Switch has an A button. And, and they don't mean the same totally thing. Totally not in the same place. <laughs> Why didn't someone think of And they of all that? have Xs, but they're all different Xs. Yeah, I miss the Oya pad where it just spelled Oya. Press the U button. <laughs> just press, press, yeah. Is that pronounced Oya? I have no idea. We Is said Ouya for Ouya? so long. It probably could I, be. I say it Ouya because the Marioki song is Hail Ouya. Right. Like Hallelujah, uh, Hail oh, Ouya. Not so like Ouya tribe, like the, the Booya. That's a rap band. You're Is making it? references. I should I know about understand. music. Paul, <laughs> um, something else Why? you do. And you do it as well. You have your lovely Twitter and stuff, Kate. But you know, you, you do like... I, I still love the the, the the impression that you can get if you're on Twitter or even if you go to conferences and expos and stuff of like indie studios looking out for each other. Yeah. And, and you know, like if you see something, you know, you've got your Twitter reach and something's much smaller, you'll be like, this is awesome. Go and look at this. Mm-hmm. And that's really nice. And it's it's something that in an industry that is hyper competitive, you know, there's only so many hours you can spend every day playing games. There's hundreds and hundreds of things that come out all the time for any studio, I think, to go like, this is rad over here as well. Oh, and obviously it was coming out the same day as your game. Maybe you wouldn't be so into it. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I really like that and appreciate that. I mean, do you think that, I mean, is that a British indie thing? Is it a global indie thing that you've noticed? I think it's definitely global. The way that the sort of US indies and British indies handle it is sort of naturally, you know, different because of <laughs> cultural differences. But it's kind of, uh, it's always been part of it ever since we started. And it's something that I think is actually unique to games. We've done some work in TV. Uh, mm. Some of our contract work was actually working on TV quiz shows, which was Ooh. bizarre. Yeah, I've um, IT, you did stuff for ITV. ITV, yeah, yeah. Um, and various other things. I, <laughs> I got to operate... Uh, sound on the first series of hole in the wall um which is one of my career highlights so when someone falls in the wall you press the splash button we we cued uh the bring on the wall sound effect that's wow i mean look now if this all goes wrong tomorrow you'll always have (laughs) i can i can fall back to that but that that industry (laughs) is really really cutthroat in in the way that people sort of describe it's not a stereotype it's quite horrible Mm. uh and games is totally the opposite i think mostly in games there isn't that much actual direct competition so you don't get the same kind of myth building of like oh there they did something bad yeah right exactly they they got this contract because of some nefarious thing that doesn't really happen in games so you can actually there's no cost to you to support someone else and say their work is cool and that sort of feeds into a culture of people actually doing that and being nice and stuff and presumably from that you know teams expand and shrink you know depending on the project depending on the contract you might you know you might get to a point you know in a couple of years we're like right we need to bring some extra people in they made a rad game a couple of years ago let's see what they're doing you know i'm guessing yeah. that happens right? so you're you're saying the reason you say games are nice is to butter people well, up no yeah. not, not that Coaching. but you know it, it, just just highlighting something makes you more aware of it doesn't oh, it? Yeah. like when yeah. you're retweeting something or like giving someone support 
you remember doing that rather than just looking at something and going, oh, right. that's cool. Right, exactly. And, and even kind of playing builds and giving mm. people feedback on that or, or just chatting to them and, or giving someone some help with some process that they don't know about, it will always come around and benefit you anyway. And that's not necessarily why you do it, but it's just a, a good consequence of a, of a good culture, really. I know sort of games culture and game dev culture does come in for a lot of criticism and some of that's justified, but actually there's a fundamentally good thing happening there um, mm. that, that needs protecting, I think. I yeah. think the indie community is like amazingly collaborative. Like I've noticed, even as press, but quite involved in the indie community, that I'm like staggering the line though a little bit yeah. these days, aren't you? Okay, yeah. I'm, I'll sort of talk about someone's game, yeah. and I'll be like, "This game's amazing," and then I'll talk to them, and I'll be like, "Hey, you're you're amazing," and they'll go, "No, you're amazing," and both of us will just blush furiously. It's all pretty sickening. It's, it's disgusting. But then they'll say, hey, we should work together. And I'll be like, no, you don't want to work with me. And they'll be like, you don't want to work with me. No. And then we work together and everything's I'm, I'm glad there's an end point to this rather than just like, you're constantly like, no, you, no, you. And you never get I mean, done. it's, it's yeah. mostly, yeah, it's very European being like, no, you're the best. No, you are. And right. it's just, it's adorable. And are I there any it. like, like developers from, from, I don't know, places in Europe, places in the world where you, just, you meet them and like, they're not like that. They're just like, no, I'm going to work with you, man. You come here, you work with me. More, I've not met anyone forceful. like that. No. Even, no, even Americans that, that I've met have <laughs> yeah. been adorably like, we really like your work. And like at GDC, I was messaging people going like, hey, who wants to meet up? And they'd be like, can we meet up? And I'd be like, no, you're too cool. You're not going to want to... It's, yeah. <laughs> Times like that, I wish that the podcast was a visual medium. Just uh, I yeah. don't know what was going on Just over there. Lots of blushing and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> um... um I mean, I mean, to, to kind of turn back to to making the games as well. I mean, you you started mid noughties then, Paul. Yeah, you're kind of starting what last year, Kate, making yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, do you both think that you know the tools to make games is just so much more accessible now? Like we mm-hmm. saw this in music a few years ago with obviously programs like GarageBand yeah. being available to all, and just just you know the boom of the bedroom producer. I'm guessing now, are we seeing a boom of the bedroom? game maker oh yeah i mean i've written about this for Hmm. waypoint.vice.com flash games were this uh originally um yes good piece shared a lot that was thank you Uh, (laughs) um i think it's more accessible now making games not only is it more accessible but the tools are much more different to flash flash is sort of limited to you know what flash can do Mm -hmm. which i'm sure you've seen if you've played literally any flash game um and now it doesn't have to be that sort of flash gamey look. It can be 3D, 2D, pixels, all this kind of stuff. And you can make it in Unity if you can code a little bit. And you can make it in Game Maker if you can't. And you, there's things like Stencil as well, which I've seen children use. Um, okay. They're much smarter than I am. But My kids are pretty smart these days. Yeah, they learn so fast. They don't have abacuses anymore. Yeah. They don't even have kazoos anymore. They have a lot of like, children you know, don't they got have flutes. kazoos. I had a flute. I played the flute. There you go. Did you have a kazoo? Uh, no, I only learned to play the kazoo like two years ago. <laughs> Does anyone learn to play a kazoo? Yeah, it's ever? hard. I don't know you if you've ever tried. It. It's like but... a didgeridoo. No, I have no idea. Why would that be the first reference I don't know, I'm just thinking about now which one is easier to sneak through Do they have a grade system for canoes? Because I'd like to... I... Canoes? Kazoos. Can... <laughs> they, do, they do for canoes. I'm not sure uh, they both. Probably yeah. not. I mean, okay. you can't really get it wrong because you hum into it. Right. So if you're good but at isn't humming, learning that you have to hum into it, that's grade one. That's grade one, right. yeah. Okay. Uh, grade one is uh, tuning a kazoo, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't think you can. But, but, but I mean, if you can learn to play a kazoo, then you yeah. can make a video game is what you're saying. Yeah. 
Uh, yes. I mean, what's a kazoo level <laughs> indie game to you? Uh, I, like, that would probably be insulting if I named an indie game. I don't game know. Right now. Maybe, maybe, but the simple, cool games are simple and cool, right? I'm happy to yeah. say all of Boner Man's output is probably the game equivalent of yeah. a kazoo. I think he'd back me up on that. I mean, w- what I've mentioned already is that game devs are really, really willing to help in a way that you're sort of going, please don't. You have a full time job. Don't spend five hours helping me make a game. Mm-hmm. Go and do something important. Um, but you can, Twine is really easy to figure out. Yeah. Um, a lot of people consider it not a game, but it is one. Um, and you know, if you just want to make a text adventure, Twine's super easy for that. If you want to do something more complicated, there are loads of tutorials on Unity, which aren't very helpful if you don't understand code full stop, but they're very helpful once you know the basics. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then beyond that, find a nice game dev friend and force them to hang out with you. That's what Twitter's for, right? It is. Finding game dev friends. You're going to be inundated tomorrow, Paul. One tomorrow after this podcast, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Going, I'm not helping anyone. <laughs> they, can, they can do it themselves. <laughs> Please tell us yeah. about C plus plus. No, I don't know anything about that. So that wouldn't be useful. That wouldn't be useful. What can you teach people? What are your credentials? <laughs> I so I am the worst person at Mode Seven for this because oh, no. I don't do the programmings uh, ah. whatsoever. What are you I even t- here, Paul? I don't know. I can oh. teach people how to craft a beautiful tweet. <laughs> I'm sure oh. that will help. I mean, some people do need to learn. What is how, the date today, How to Paul? force memes. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't do it on demand. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens when the feeling's right. This isn't like a Victor Meldrew situation where I yeah. can just make you do the catchphrase. No, phrase. it's not going yeah, to happen. It's going to turn into that Father phrase. Ted episode. Sorry. And we'll all get trapped in a cave. Um, okay. I, I, I wonder if Americans get Father Ted. Do you think Americans get Father Ted? It wasn't Ted? even yeah. a very topical reference. I know. Most Nor of the audience what... of Waypoint haven't watched Father Ted. <laughs> Nor would they know who Victor if we achieve one is. thing from this, it would be to get people to watch they, Father Ted. More oh, yes. people should watch Father Ted. It's like on More 4 or All 4, whatever it is, all the time, right? All, all Unless four, you're American. But, but yeah, but it's, American, it's on YouTube. I'm pretty sure Americans have ways to watch anything. Because yeah. they have like magic TV. There's like 300 channels in America, right? It's probably on right now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you can just flick through all like, you know, yeah. the crazy right-wing banter that goes on yeah. on some of those networks... And, and the baseball, just like three hundred, like just like you know, thirty channels of baseball. Ugh. Like what is like what is baseball? What is it's baseball? Just rounders. It's it's rowdy <laughs> rounders, right? What's it's rounding? rounders that that you go and watch, but yeah. people just get a bit more sweary, and they have it's more to, more rounders beer. with more hot dogs. Yeah, and a bigger pitch and hats, and everyone yells every Foam now and again. I, I want to like leap in and defend American sports now, but oh. baseball is like the one that I don't know yeah. about. So it's if I try, basketball, I get American football. Basketball is netball. American football is rugby, but worse. I don't know about worse. <laughs> I think those comparisons are, are specious and I, th- yeah. I think they're I unnecessarily think we, derogative we, to an important well, demographic for this podcast. <laughs> we can all agree, I think, that hockey on ice is better than hockey like on muddy yeah, grass that you on. played at school though, right? Exactly. I was quite good at hockey on muddy grass. Maybe I'll be good at ice hockey yeah. despite the fact I'm terrible at ice skating. Yeah, maybe. Even though maybe I've been like 10 times. Get the ice skating... It's down. knives. It's walking with knives. It's, yeah. hard. it's a terrible idea. Don't try and it's one eat of those things that's really hard, but yet tiny children do it really yeah. well. What's up yeah, with but when you throw They're a tiny child in a swimming pool, they just swim, right? So I think that's what happens. What? You don't just put them. You don't just slide them out like a well, penguin. You, you pretty much <laughs> just put them you in could. the water and they flap yeah, around you could, a bit, right? But that's not how, how you learn. I'm assuming that's how ice skating works. As soon as they can walk, right? Brilliant. Do roller skating, ice skating, skiing, snowboarding, paragliding. Probably. I mean, I know it doesn't really need your legs, but yeah, you know, it's fine. I can't roller skate. Maybe that's why I can't ice skate. 
Yeah, I'm it's definitely just, feeling a theme because your parents here. didn't just push you down a hill when you were walking is dangerous enough. You don't need to put knives and wheels on it. It's just, it's a terrible uh, idea. Knives and wheels. Well, not at the same <laughs> There's time. An no, idea. no, 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 no. Those heelys have suddenly become a lot yeah. deadlier than they are already. God, would you put um, the knife on the front? On the side? Well, I don't know. Well, I'm thinking more of a skate situation. Just yeah. flick it out for when the winter weather. You comes. want like Ben Hur side wheel? Yeah. Oh, imagine that. Like a wheelie derby, just going around yeah. the local park, around the roundabout. Slicing up the local six, kids. Like Six-year-olds. Chariot just, racing yeah. sequence. I'd yeah. watch that. Just blood and snot everywhere. <laughs> That's like the name. Minecraft t-shirts shredded. Nice. Um, ben Hur blood and snot. You know, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going well, yeah. I think. On the topic of independently made video games, That's apart from the ones that you, you've both been making um, and, and, and involved with, like what, what's coming up that... that you're super into for this year's kind of indie schedule because you know you've had gdc mm-hmm. resd has been and gone mm-hmm. there's more things coming up there's too uh, much what's on the radar that, that, that so people much. are into my radar's full i don't know what a radar looks like but i think it's, it's like green blob imagine instead of dots it's just a big chunky line all the way around and that's what right. the indie video game schedule is like and i want to cry a little bit just a splatoon map after a match just totally plastered yeah, everything's in pink. Yeah. Blue and orange. Yep. Yes. Neon green. Yep. Um, I mean, I wrote a little list of stuff I'm, oh, I'm oh, looking oh, forward okay. to. Um, we both saw Old Man's Journey at Indiecade last year. I like got the that. tattoo yeah. twice. You've got a tattoo of they Old Man's the Journey. They have temporary tattoos of oh, Old Man's Journey. I've got it twice now. Don't get an Old Man Journey tattoo for real. I'm not going to get mean, one that, for real. That game could bomb. It could turn out like that the developer is like a crazy racist or something. Oh, like, no, this I'm, has happened. I'm friends with them now. We've oh, met several times. They, they put tattoos when I, on when me. I met them. So we're good. Um, but, you oh, know, you good. never know who's going to turn bad one day, as YouTube proves to us on, on a seemingly well, regular basis. Um, sure? What else have I written here? Yeah, Flipping Death. I like the look at that. Strafe looks cool. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I... Oh, I'm NDA'd on that. I shouldn't have well, said anything. Straff. Uh, strafe, strafe is... Okay, strafe. so when I was at GDC, I spent a lot of time at the Devolver Digital. Yeah. I want to say boost, but it was a basement room with tequila. Mega, yeah. Just tequila in Mega a room. Mega den. And uh, they, they showed us something from Strafe that I'm not allowed to talk about, but I... I hadn't heard of the game before and now well, I'm like, hang on a minute. How, Hello. Uh, you're NDA till how long? I this, don't know. He just said, don't out. talk about it until oh, it's out. And sake. I don't know when it'll be out, but it's really good. And when it's out, I'm going to tell everyone. All right. Fair enough. It looks good though. It's, I mean, it's <laughs> it like, it's good. a shooter it's with doom-ish. old pixels. Yeah. Doomish. Yeah. I vibe it. Doom-ish. That's the most syllables anyone's ever put into doom. <laughs> I, I, I played it a bit at um, PAX East and yeah. I, I liked it, but I was a bit, it's sort of a bit arena-y and mm-hmm. I kind of wanted it to have like levels that like are doom. like doom. doom. But I don't, they have said some slightly conflicting things about that. So I don't know if it's going to have Ooh. more levelly things. You probably can't talk about it. I probably but can't. I can because so. I'm not in the <laughs> I can speculate <laughs> wildly. Um, it P- does Pixel good. Titans making that, is it? I know mm. we automatically see something with Devolver and like, oh, it's a Devolver game. But you know, Devolver don't They're so good at just, they snap up all yeah. the sort of yeah. quite violent things. They curate, <laughs> somehow. I suppose. They, yeah. they curate yeah, the name for themselves. <laughs> um, I saw Ruiner the other day, actually. That's another Devolver game, yeah. which I can talk about. Um, it's pretty cool. It's, I, I don't want to say it's like Hotline Miami, don't. but it does play a little bit like yeah. Yeah, Twin Stick vibe. Uh, it looks pretty cool, though. It's, cool, uh, cool. you know, sci-fi, cyberpunk vibes. Um yeah. Video games, Rhyme. many of them. Looks good. Tacoma looks good. Yeah, I, Tacoma. I hope so. It's like... Not played a second of it yet. But in it's... space, which I'm sure they hate people saying, right? But... Uh, yeah, it's got but, lots you know. of more things to it. Okay, we did good. the same. I haven't yeah. actually played it. Yeah, I'm no, right. there's a few... It's, it's, there's definitely it. more to it than yeah. Gone Home, I think. Good. Um, yeah. 
Should we should we say what we're looking forward to? You should. I will. Please do. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Um, one of the ones I'm most excited about is uh, a game that came from Stugan, which is super exciting. I was at Stugan. Have I mentioned it, Mike? You did on a previous podcast. Good, Listen good, good, to good. the archive podcast and yeah. you can hear Kate talk about Stu, Stu, uh, Stu, the Swedish thing there. It's a Swedish game development accelerator, which a bunch of people go <laughs> to the woods for two months, make games. It's very good. It's a game accelerator. Yeah, it makes the game go fast. <laughs> I, I always want to be the person that went, yep, that's our, that's our term. It's it's not yeah. it makes sense. Stugan. It's been it's a thing a, for a while. It's just a really good yeah. term. I like it. Um, so the team mm. is Paul and Armel. They are both a French <laughs> they're both a French. A French. They're both a singular um, French. They're also working on it with um, Pat Ash off of. He's someone from of, Wild Rumpus, isn't Works he? Works on Wild Rumpus, be- yeah. Beta Public as well. Yeah. Curation yeah, of, of games. Very cool. Sometimes we just had an hats. article on Waypoint. I know. That, that he's, he's in. <laughs> About Pat. He's and bloody others. in it. Um, so he's he's helping on it. And also David Kanaga, who made Oikospiel. I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce that. Dog Opera. It's weird. <laughs> That's, uh, that looks amazing. He won an IGF yeah. for that. Award-winning David Knugga is working on the music for Vignettes. So Vignettes okay. is a game about spinning objects until they turn into other objects. And it's very hard to describe without showing people, but I love it so much. I've been playing the test flight versions for months mm. and they keep updating it and me being like, ooh. So this is a mobile game. It is a mobile right. game, though I think it might come out on Steam. I don't know. Okay. Don't quote yeah, yeah, me on yeah. that. Oh God, I'm sorry. Potentially multi-format. We can it's, say that about anything. Yeah, it's good on iOS though because mm. it's got this nice sort of tactile mm-hmm. spinniness to it. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, what else is coming out? Oh God, I didn't have another one. Cosmic Express is already out. It's Possibly. already out. What's, what's that? Uh, it's a puzzle game by Alan Hazelden, maker of is A that Good Snowman is Hard sort to Build. Top down-y, like, it's sort of top downy, like isometric y trains. Oh, very colorful. It colorful looks really right. super cute, colors. right? Pinks and purples, yeah. oranges. Like trains in space pods. Uh, yeah. And it's quite hard, I think. It's it? very hard. Very hard. I have, am I allowed to swear? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fuck it. So I'm doing a review of Cosmic Express and. I want to talk about how I've renamed the game because I do know Alan. Hang on, friends. what level of swear are we doing? The fuck, fuck word. Oh, fuck that's word. all right. I just did it. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um, and I've renamed the game in my head to fuck off Alan because it's just, I played it on a train with Alan standing behind me. And every time I was like, Alan, this this one's not possible. He'd be like, nah, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in my head, it's called I like fuck, fuck off, Alan. off Alan as a game title. Right, so I mean, I. the next puzzle that he makes will be called fuck off my Alan. My dad's called Alan. So it's, that's good as well. Yeah. Well, Have you played this yeah. game yet, Dad? What's it called? Fuck off, Alan. <laughs> Beg your pardon. Excellent. Well, I'll sell it just to Alan people. Um, it's very good. It's, it's just very difficult. Like level one's like, oh, you can get this. It's a straight line, easy peasy. And what then I level like two is that. a bit harder. And then level three is impossible. Yeah. What I like about fuck off, Alan, as well, yeah. is it works on two levels for me in a kind of British colloquialism sense. Yeah. Because like you say, someone's fuck off hard, don't you? Like they're really hard. Fuck like, off, tough. Alan. Yeah. So you like, know, fuck Alan, off, Alan's just like hard man, Alan. Alan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Alan's biceps. pretty hard. Yeah, <laughs> works both ways. It's good. I like yes. it. Um, and also, fuck off, Alan. Like, piss Alan off. Also, oh, it's an imperative. Yeah, yeah. right. I feel Alan's. I had a, I had like a hard time. Well. Of this one. Sorry, Alan. I'm sure Poor you're not Alan. actually listening to this, but what if you, you mean are, he listens all the time. Do, do you, Alan? Do well, you? There you go. <laughs> Can have a sequel. No, really, fuck off, Alan. No, really, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> you misunderstood the first time, Alan. And then the third one is like a very sad, like to the moon style game called Alan's fucked off. And everyone cries, the end. 
everyone yeah. cries at the end. Paul, do you even get a chance no. to look forward to other games? Not when you're as much as games? I like. No, um, there's a couple of things. Uh, Signal from Tolva, which is Jim. Yeah, what, is it Tolva or Tul- one, Tulva? That's pretty. Well, we've got an umlaut. It does. It? So it might be Tul- 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 Tulva. Tulva. Yeah. Tulva. Tulva. We did. We did. We streamed some of it. Quite it looks cool. Point, yeah. oh. it's, it really looks like a proper game. None of this indie it's rubbish. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. It's got it like nice. Skyward Sword style Who's the graphics. dude behind that? Jim Rossignol. Okay. And, and his clever partner, whose name is oh, well, uh, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, want to yeah. say just They're all really guy, clever yeah. and good, those they people. Are. Damn uh, them yeah. for making yeah. Damn them. And so Jim's the next video games journalist. Yeah. Reformed, yeah. I think so is the term. Reformed. Yeah, he's better now. He's in a better place. Been through the process. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that That's looks nice. One. I That's played it one. very quickly at an EGX or a Res or something, and mm-hmm. it was it's not the kind of game you can play quickly, but it looks cool. I guess at the, those events you do try to get out and play other people's yeah, games. I, I yeah, I do, and it, it's always it, it's funny because if you're showing a game, you go through the absolute pain of like trying to get people to play a game quickly, mm-hmm. and then you go and see your friend try to do that to you, and you just go, like, it's fine, just let me fail. <laughs> like yeah. let yeah. me not understand the controls, it's fine. Just go and talk to a real human. I'm just here to look. Um and steal yeah. your best ideas. Because yeah, that's no. what that's what who it is, fine. Uh Heat Signature, Tom Francis thing. Also an ex video uh, games journalist. Oh, yeah, I no, like this. It's a, a weird theme to Video my, games journalist, good picks. at making games, mm. who knew? Ugh, we yuck. know all the ins and outs. <laughs> We know more than you. <laughs> most most <laughs> video true. game journalists go on to do better things, right? I mean, I you think know, so. there's things Charlie actually Brooker as a good example. Pay. Gillen, well, I guess. Yeah. If you, if, if you could call that better. Well, making comics. Yeah. Mm. Should come back. Some people would say that's no, better. He's, he, he, yeah. his I don't read comics. Good. Not since I was a little boy. His ones are good, good, actually. Yeah, I don't good. really read comics. They're all about mythology. I'm a, I'm a fan. They're all about mm. mythology. Yeah. I'm into that. Uh, you'd like Phonogram because it's got all music in it. Oh, yeah. And stuff. You would like that. That's yeah, true. and it's really good. Yeah, yeah. Every now and again, people do recommend, like, you know, comics or collections of them, you know, mm. the, 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 what do you call them? Trade, paper, trade, whatever they're called, you know, when they collect a few together. Trades, yes. Just, they're just called yeah. trades, trade, are they? Trade, paper, trade, you know. Trade, <laughs> trade is the actual term. Um, and I keep meaning to pick some up, but then they, I, look, I go into like foils or something, and they're like 20 quid, and I'm like, yeah. Could spend that in the pub though, couldn't I? Do you say that okay. to them every time? I, 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 I've been into the, the big foils on. Um, what road is it? Uh, the, like up from Cambridge Circus in London. Is this important to podcast? No, not really. <laughs> but I just, I just look at the shelves are quite a lot. I'm like, I yeah. should buy. Are you getting paid off by yeah. them? No. Good. No. Good. Um, I don't think unethical. I've ever bought a damn thing from that apart from a coffee uh, in the cafe uh, while deciding Very not good. to buy something. <laughs> um, I mean, when, when you're making a game, even like, do you get time to play? Like, just at home, like casually? Just yeah, fun? you do it at sort of different times. The, the thing I find hard is we generally make strategy games, mm-hmm. and getting into a strategy game properly is so difficult, mm-hmm. especially when you're making one. But I do try and there's sort of research time. Uh, which is kind of procrastinating at work where you play a bit of, of those games. But in terms of just fun, like I play Rocket League yeah. in the evening because it's so easy to play a couple of matches. Turn anything, yeah, yeah, anything yeah. like that, Overwatch, just, and I'm terrible at all of it. That's the thing. People kind of assume, people go, oh, you must be good at games then if you if you tell them <laughs> no. that you work against I'm terrible at games. Yeah. Just really useful <laughs> at work because it means I'm good at testing things from the perspective of an idiot. Uh, and uh, that's very useful. Um, yeah. yeah, so just things like that, boring, normal things. I did play StarCraft 2 for a bit, a little bit more seriously, but right, that, yeah, that can be went a, by the way. A dangerous time sink if you really yeah, get into it, can't yeah. you? Do you get the same thing I do where you're like, right, time to settle down, unwind with a game, you boot up Night in the Woods or Zelda, and then you'll go, ooh, this is really interesting. I could write about this. And then you start thinking about the thing you're going to write about <laughs> instead of just enjoying the game and being like, how can I make someone pay me to play this? Do you, I, do you get that? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Oh. Um, not with Zelda anymore, thankfully. I just play Zelda in bed. 
It's quite oh. nice. That's, that's the beauty of the Switch. Like, oh, you can take it on the move. Yeah, or I could just play it in bed. I did that with the you Wii know. U. Uh, my, well, my oh, ex's living enough. room was directly yeah. above the bed. So, so it remained connected. Yeah. yeah. So I just sat there in bed playing Wind Waker on the gamepad. See, if I could do great. that, that'd be amazing. But as soon as I take the Wii U gamepad out of my front room, it yeah. just goes, nope, that's it. Yeah. That's the, the edge. <laughs> You've reached the, uh, it's like going to the edge of a map in an open world game. It just goes, you cannot go any further. Yeah, I did that in Zelda that, the other night, actually. Oh, really? I just walked to the edge of the map and it says, turn around. Ooh, Don't be exciting. a dick, Link. The Witcher does that. And then it just like, black screens yeah it, and it, it goes, takes no, you back doesn't it yeah, it. yeah. I, it's just a shame because like it's what you want to do in open world games isn't it see what's on the go other side because some the of them world, have yeah. it right? you should go into like a really low resolution like kind of manic mansion world of the game world <laughs> yeah. that's just like it's, it doesn't end but it's just rubbish yeah. it's like really really cheap <gasps> someone did that with the witcher 3 oh. they were like oh what's the like lowest settings you can play this on how do right. you get witcher 3 to run on a computer from like 20 years ago right. and it's just like things load about five seconds from your face yep everything's like one second. texture like yeah. one color the should just be just yeah like randomly blobs. generated just low yeah. res nonsense it would, would be, be great it'd be, great. be like like a second game Ooh. Ah. it'd be almost as hard to understand as the books that inspired the games um <laughs> you're not no, enjoying right. those though. no they're right yeah I, I picked up another one the other day I, I, i'm quite i like the fact that those books precede like a song of was it ice and fire fire and ice the george martin books that mm. became game of thrones there's so much that like obviously there are certain cliched kind of things in fantasy writing that kind of pop up but there are a lot of things in game of thrones you go back to those first couple of witcher stories and you're like hang on a minute has he just lifted this directly from this possibly yeah Um, did you did you see that the writer of the witcher books gets nothing from the games yeah does he not because they went oh do you do you want a cut of the profits and he went no it's not gonna sell is it and they just gave him like we've got a piece in coming we had a a writer go and speak to him and the guy who wrote metro as well the the metro books which became a game as well uh which is entirely about their thoughts about you know those game adaptations and I guess that'll be raised. I haven't seen the copy yet, but I'd be very surprised if it didn't. You know. So what do you get out of it? Mm. Nothing. I guess he sells more books off the Yeah, he seems it. to be mm. doing fine. Yeah. So. Well, they were already big sellers. I mean, they, that, yeah. The Witcher became a TV show, didn't it, in Poland? Oh, yeah. And um, a terrible film. Well, I think oh. the film was the TV show just cut into a film length. But um, let's, um, let's talk about... Uh, well, let's not talk about um, what else I've got written here. I wrote down Mafia 3 demo. I like the fact that today, the day of recording, uh, Mafia 3 was like, hey, guys, you can play the whole first chapter for free. Uh, I think that's a good thing more big games should do it after a while. Just like, yeah. you know, check Telltale it out. does that a lot. I what think. does? Telltale. Telltale. Oh, they yeah, they give away a first, yeah, a first episode. Yeah, that's how I played their Back to the Future and went, nope, not doing any more of that garbage. Yeah, they've got Guardians of the Galaxy coming soon. They do. So. They do indeed. But I did enjoy that and I was suddenly immediately struggling to think of anything. But like, you know, like games that you might be on the fence about, you know, that yeah. they're kind of liked, but you wouldn't want to pay 40 quid for them necessarily. But you know, that little first lemo, t- first lemo, <laughs> first level <laughs> teaser um, is a pretty good idea, I think. Yeah. You know, I don't know how it works really with an open world game, whether it can you just turn it on, like, drive anywhere you want, but only that one mission will be active. You just have to drive really mm. far in, in yeah. the day so that you feel like you've... I guess it. You've covered it. it. Maybe locks you. And I've never played Mafia Three um, outside of like like expo previews. So um, I don't know. Maybe it locks you in. I'm, I'm sure by the next podcast I will know. Um, but we'll, let's do a few reader questions to finish with, and we'll try and wrap within an hour. Um, Sean Thomas, who's actually contributed to uh, Vice Gaming in the past uh, about Nintendo stuff. So his question is Nintendo related. He goes, um, "Classic Sega franchises would be a great fit for the Switch. Mm-hmm. Yes or no? Like." 
Well, I was saying here, like, refer, like you know how the 3DS and through Virtual Console or whatever has its share of um, old Sega games? And uh, M2 did wonderful versions of, like, Streets of Rage 2, Sonic 2 for the 3DS that use the 3D. Like, basically, old, cool Sega games, I guess, on mm. Switch. Like, what does Switch need? What do we think Switch needs? Probably not more Sonic. I mean, if they're going to do oh, Sonic... Oh, it hasn't got any Sonic yet, Kate. Well, they're going to have Sonic. It's going to have Sonic Mania. It was Sonic at the preview soon-ish. event. Yeah, yeah. I was like, eh. Um, but if they Sonic do game. a remake of Sonic Adventure 2 or even just a port, I would be the happiest So Dreamcasty things. Ah, uh, GameCube. It's GameCube. Sonic Adventure 2 was on Dreamcast. Well, it was on GameCube as well. It, it, you're I right. No, it came Dreamcast. out a few months later on GameCube, yeah. I know. Yeah, I which is crazy. It. No, I'm just trying to put the timeline together in my head. I edited the, the whole book about Sonic, Sonic recently. You think I should about. know? Um, <laughs> already forgotten those things. Yep. That's uh, critical to the question as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I I don't know where some of the rights lies with things, but mm. you know, Nintendo they, obviously Nintendo probably got yeah. kicking around at Sega, don't they? It's in a cupboard somewhere. Yeah, they've got I'm, all I'm, those I'm, things. I'm thinking I about think knights now. Remember they should knights? put everything on everything. Oh, is that the one with the creepy purple purple floaty lady? Yeah, never played it. Remember people talking about it a lot because yeah. I was into gaming magazines back when that came out, and everyone was like, "Ooh," and I, I forget what they said about it. I mean, I, I just really want the Switch to be like, you know, how on the Vita you can play all those old PS One games. No, but now I do. And that's cool. Like, yeah. you know, so I've been playing Final Fantasy IX on it. I've been playing Castlevania Symphony of the Night on it, which is amazing. Why didn't I play that 20 years ago? Mm. I'm a moron. Um, you know, if, if if the Switch, like, finally comes good, and I don't know how they're going to do this, you know. you know, well, So new 3DS runs SNES games, but my old 3DS doesn't. Like, I want, like, Link to the Past and, like, all those, like, Yoshi's Island on that. Nintendo please. are missing a trick with the <coughs> virtual console, which is putting games on it. Um, <laughs> doing anything with it like one a couple of times a year they'll be like hey remember Ocarina of Time and you'll be like yes mm-hmm. and they're like yeah you can play it now and you'll be like I know thank you finally yeah. you can and play they, it in 3D they, yeah, well you, you can get the novelty. new version, yeah. but this was before that this was on mm. the Wii when Virtual Console was, was new I in think. its infancy yeah and they were releasing games but not really making much of a fanfare about them so Paper Mario the first game came out on Wii and people didn't know about it and it's brilliant and Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, best game of all time, hasn't come out on Virtual Console yet. That's something to do with just GameCube titles across the board, isn't it? Because I remember when when we were still talking about the Switch as the NX and mm-hmm. like, will it will it or will it not have analog triggers? Because you need them for get certain GameCube games. Because oh. I don't think there's been a Nintendo pad since the GameCube that's had analog triggers. Mm. We didn't. We you didn't. Switch doesn't. Unless mm. you can get. Sp- particular pads i don't know just a wii are the are they not full analog the on what the switch on the wii u on the wii u no 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 yeah. they're not they're they not, not um squidgies like the playstation they're just like they just go little <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. um, i'm pretty sure anyway I'm trying to think about mario no well, mario kart you a b to anyway um i'd like to see some say uh, just give me more games for my switch please yeah be, even if it's lovely. just like old ports i would love to be able to play those on yeah. the go i just want every game that's ever come out on 3ds to be on the switch yeah. i really want that's and i'll sensible. say this here in case anyone at konami or whoever the hell owns the rights to this does anything about it for years i've wanted to replay snatcher and i have no means to replay snatcher outside of illegal emulation I have no idea. And what I that played is. it. It was, a, a Kojima, it was it was Kojima's oh. pre well post metal. Uh, it, it was like in the well, he did it late eighties, didn't he? On like certain things, but it came Looks to Mega like CD it. in the UK. That was the only English one at the time. Oh, okay. In the early nineties, like ninety four, I want to say, right, middle nineties. And, and it's no on like every obscure like MSX computer, yeah, like super all old Japanese, yeah. every single one it was ported to. It's a very odd game. It's but it's 
interesting yeah like detective game meets with a weird like you could use the sega menacer gun with it for the shooting parts like a light light gun it's so it's weird mental. but it would work though. really well on a switch yeah because then the shooting bits you could just tap the screen mm-hmm. like i would love i would love a, someone to do something with snatcher but um which is kind of a sega game in a yeah. roundabout way um ebay prices for a mega cd version are crazy though yeah. which is mm-hmm. really disappointing um um, what games says at J Cruz Alvarez 26 forgive me if I've got that wrong um, are we most guilty of of having in our backlogs to oh, finish off God. I'll, I'll just say because it was on Twitter <laughs> yeah. earlier on like, I've got all the charged. Dark Souls games and I totally mean to play them yeah and I just don't have time because they're real like commitment things I saw you tweeting about this today who was it that was like how have you not played Dark Souls probably oh it's not everyone. that I haven't played them I like probably played about two or three hours of every yeah. one of them yeah. and then just it's something hard. else has come They're along hard yeah. and you have to put so much time yeah and you have to just make them. that your game i think i haven't played any of them and i don't yeah. want to i'm not interested in hard but games what, what 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 do we feel guilty of that we've got oh or just had the... okay so considering uh that i've worked on nintendo magazines yeah or just the one um because it was the last one uh i've never i've never played a metroid game so no, but, that's kind of embarrassing yeah. uh and there's not really <laughs> been a good one lately though has there so you know i wouldn't know I would not know. Um, well, I've never played any of them. Uh, and also considering how much I talk about it, uh, this is embarrassing. I've only played like three or four hours of Mass Effect in total. Any of them. Uh, and I write about it a no, lot. No more, no more commissions <laughs> for you. Well, Bioware like, on I, the phone. I know a lot about Mass Effect. I've watched people play it a lot. I've discussed it a lot. I know how I feel about it and I know what happens in it. I just haven't, played a lot i think you've it. kind of got it after three out three yeah. hours though i've I mean, played all of like dragon age inquisition for example and it's basically yeah, the I same mean, that's but just in mass space. effect with with yeah. swords basically yeah uh you, Paul? never played a final fantasy game ever. oh me neither what, not not right. any neither. never not not a single one oh, well. and, and i don't lot, want to because they look l- rubbish there's a lot of them. like drop <laughs> i kind of agree with you they sort of i've tried other games that have that kind of combat yeah. and it's like i played golden sun on the gba Ooh. which is like that's, I've got that. I don't want to play it. It's got good music. Also, well, uh, it's Final Fantasy. That's true. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel like one of those games in my life is enough. Mm. Don't know. Um, mm. Yeah, that's probably my worst one. I've not played many or any JRPGs in total. I'm I, sure you have. Like, like what? I don't know. Ninu Kuni. Nope. Uh, any Persona game. Okay, fine. I've played Persona 4. There you go. It's a JRPG, isn't it? Uh, I guess, but I don't like the JRPG bits of it. I don't like all the numbers. Numbers are boring. You don't like the grinding stuff. Oh, no. Yeah, the grinding stuff. I don't even like Pokemon for that. I want Pokemon to just be like, hang out with friends. Ooh, animals. Yeah. Rather <laughs> than like crossing. knocking them unconscious and then yeah, putting them I'm in a tiny ball. I'm bored of the fighting bit of Pokemon. Like I wish that didn't happen. It's not very good. That's the thing with all of those combat systems is everyone's probably going to hate me now, but they're just not great like i think they served a purpose at a particular time when mm-hmm. you know that was the easiest way of doing that kind of design but they just don't oh they're like spreadsheets they're yeah. kind of it's like a boss with 10 million hit points right. and you have to just chip away at it with lots of different spells and some of them run out and, and i think to, if you've grown up with that then you, you you're accustomed to it and you're yeah. it's a sort of mode that you can just drop into but if you haven't then it's quite alienating some, quite of, like. some of the new zelda's be like that though we just chip yeah. away at something chip away at it, chip it feels away. more organic because it's not in like a little turn-based battle scene it's yeah. like you're running around but like i was in a bit and... of the game the other day up, up the side of death mountain 
yeah. on the way to the flaming salamander <laughs> up there. No spoilers. And, uh, well, it's, you see it from the start. It's yeah. just one of those things. Um, I'm not going to tell you how I solved that flaming salamander, <laughs> but on the way there, there's like enemies and they've got quite a lot of hit points. Yeah. And I had some shit weapons. So yeah. I was just like, freeze you, hit you, down the hill you go, back up you walk, freeze you, hit you, back down the hill you roll. And it was just like, it was basically like just pressing X through Final Fantasy 13. Yeah. Uh, you know, press X to win. Um, Top tip, you can, there's, I forget which amiibo it is, but there's an amiibo you can tap on the screen and it summons like five metal boxes. <laughs> you can just drop them on enemies' oh, heads. Well, there was actually, this, the part of the game is full of metal boxes. I just yeah. left them behind a bit because there's all kinds of little sentries and stuff. Anyway, play Zelda, it's really good. Um, you've just got your Switch today, right, Kate? I still haven't played it. I ordered it on all Thursday. Right. And I only got it today because the post office kept not ringing the doorbell. Mm, they have and that problem, I find, yeah. I, like every time I come home and I'm going like, Oh, time to play Zelda and I get the Zelda box out and just go do 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 because that's all I can do just lick the cartridge for <laughs> yeah. a bit yeah I actually probably will do that when I go <laughs> just for a laugh why not I mean we've got nothing <laughs> better to do um what is asks super underscore Dario this is a good one I thought what's the future of oh god just what happened to my voice what's the future of local co-op like connected smartphones the switch system with like the detachable things obviously that's a hardware thing mm-hmm. off tv play like obviously oh, there's like, a lot of stuff like uh, Johann Sebastian, Johann Sebastian. Joust. Yeah. Yes, I do like that. What is the future of local co-op? All of the above? Think? Yeah, Them probably, it's got to be phones surely because it has to be something that you have to hand. Mm-hmm. And the Switch is cool, but it's not going to be that pervasive, I think. So it's got to be something that you have already. You can just whack people with your phone. That's Is local that co-op. fun for you? That's I love game. doing that. That's okay. just strange. Well, there's, there's some games that, that use a phone. You can connect Space your phone team? with Just Dance oh. and the Jack box games i think you yeah but that requires a tv and a console so i don't know if that counts that's not off oh, tv I, play not is off it? tv play no, no. it isn't i don't um, i i both do and don't like that term i'm gonna try it out for a bit off, off tv play I, the only one i can think of is is joust and yeah. i do like that mm. because it feels like a game that's enabled by technology rather than a game that's limited to the technology right. like i love playing things like towerfall love is in dangerous space time i'm very big on local co-op in general but Sometimes it's nice to feel like you're playing like old fashioned playing in the streets mm-hmm. with your friends before the internet happened. And just you don't like remember that. those days, Kate. I, don't, do, I lived don't. on a cul de sac. What I did for fun <laughs> was the most middle class thing anyone's <laughs> ever said most. on this podcast. Do you know I lived on a road that only had one end? I, it's mad madness. Um, we like pulled each other around with trailers, we tried to hit flies with tennis rackets. These are genuine things I did in my childhood bicycling round the streets nowhere to go did you ever though go into someone's back garden and throw darts at each other from one end of the garden to the other no that's that's what that's just shows you you never plumbed the depths of entertainment that i had to. let me tell you what me and my friends did at school (laughs) weird this is Um, gonna get good (laughs) we had a game that's called knuckles as in and knuckles of sonic knuckles oh and as as in and knuckles so (laughs) no like knuckles Knuckles. Uh, you you get a coin and you spin the coin, and the next person has to pick it up between their two fingers. Uh-huh. And if they manage it, that's great. They spin it, and it goes around the circle. If they don't, they have to put their knuckles flat on the table, and the person flicks the coin at their knuckles as hard as possible. There was blood. There was possibly some bone. It was kind of disgusting, but that's what, what we... What kind of coin were you using? Like a two-pence piece. Is that going to do that much damage? How hard were you flick? What were you flicking it with? Your thumb. You put it on the table, and you flick it. Like, it seems like just flicking it, but, like, you can get some real pain yeah. in there like I mean, genuinely I mean this is when you're like knuckles. what 17 18 16 15 oh, right, so not far. 
joke, but yeah. yeah. Um, we did that and we played Ouija board quite a lot. We I were bet. weird children. Yeah. We used to just hit each other on the knuckles. Yeah. This was like, a girl's school. Kind of we didn't that, like beat yeah. each other up so much, but we but, had ways around it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. we sort of written the violence by stealth. Yeah. I mean, Passive once uh, when we were play, uh, playing the Ouija board, I don't know if, if you can play it, but it's it's a game. Or does thing. it play you? Whoa. Um, we were, we'd convinced ourselves, or a ghost had convinced us rather, that um, <laughs> there was this girl called, I think, Emma or Emily, and she wanted to talk to us properly. And we were like, well, one of us needs to get possessed. So we got one of my friends. And held her upside down for a very long time. Why? In the hope Where that was she the ghost would, entering through? She would pass out. Oh, I see. <laughs> All and of your, thus become a vessel. All of your games are so convoluted. Your school games. <laughs> but there's coins, there's I possession. Yeah. There's... I know. What I'm saying is that's the future of local co-op sure. is, is ghosts and coins okay. and pain. Yeah. Yeah. God, imagine. It's a good podcast. There was a, there was a game I saw at Res last year, actually, that like, punished, like it, it had a knife that came down. Did anyone uh, see that? Knife, knife to meet you? Knife to meet Which is yeah. going to be at Res, actually. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how they get that through. Oh, it's a very blunt knife, but. Yeah. The, I, it, it doesn't I actually don't. hurt anyone. Last time they showed it off at Res, they were like, do we need to sign anything? And they were like, no. It's no. Un, pro- yeah. I mean, I feel like it's not supposed to hurt anyone. No. But. It's a serrated kitchen knife and it doesn't move that fast. So it's just a knife in a game. It's not necessarily a good idea, is it? So I'm sure that they wrote serrated on the insurance form uh, and that made all the difference. We're back to those. It it hurts a bit if it hits you, but only in the way that if you put a knife on your hand, it'll be like, oh, that's sharp. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I don't trust it. Yeah. Don't. (laughs) Next, (laughs) if I open like, you know, the next big ps4 exclusive and it's got like a knife inside it i'll be quite yeah. surprised um or will i um at this point of video game marketing i don't <laughs> know um some of these questions i want to do one more though yeah. um let's let's finish on the switch because why not um this is an emailed question from jeff curlin um it's just asking this is this to all all waypoint people so the Amer- america might tackle this one as well um, but, but, you know, it asks about the Switch being celebrated for some of the things the Vita was criticized for, i.e., quote unquote, console gaming on the go. You know, was Sony right all along with the Vita, but just got the games wrong for it? The problem I found with the Vita, because I bought it quite late, uh, was that all the games are very intense, hard to get into other than Tearaway, I guess. You've got like Persona, which is like a 60 hour JRPG, and you've got um gravity rush which is difficult to learn the mechanics of and so there wasn't much that was like oh you you know this game like zelda or mario it was um it was all just like wow numbers and very japanese games they, well yeah. they had some of them didn't they? They, they they launched with like wipeout and uncharted but mm. that was their big kind of like look it's like console gaming on the go be like yeah but those like shit versions of those games exactly yeah like zelda feels like a full console game whereas the vita never felt like a console on the go it felt like a handheld it, it was like somewhere in between like the 3DS and the PlayStation 4, but like the Switch is closer to the PlayStation 4, I guess is my argument. It's not, but it kind of is. Yeah. It's a really, it's a really difficult one, this, because I think it might be something just as simple as like how it's positioned. Mm. So it might be that the Switch actually appeals to kids and parents. Yeah. And the Vita was like for people who play console games. For the players. Yeah. yeah. But also they, this kind of crossover thing Sony does with like, it's a cool consumer device and it's black and shiny and it's got silvery buttons on it. Yeah. And that might just be this sort of weird overlap, whereas the Switch might have just kind of by luck hit this like, mm. it's really cool if you're a kid and you have to have one yeah. market. I think it's probably that rather than software. I don't think people buy 
consoles for software at this point, like when the Switch has got two things on it. Oh, I think well, people are buying for... the Switch for Zelda. Yes, yeah, Zelda. I don't think anyone bought the Vita. Right, I think for I think I think game, people yeah. like that we know are, yeah. but I think. It, it it just as a device oh, yeah. it, it's, it's like oh this is cool people. right <laughs> yes you know me i like oh and it's got this great zelda game on it which yeah. i want but it's but it's cool yeah. i think i might be completely wrong i don't know much i've not talked to any children recently right. so i right. can't see. i <laughs> i haven't about the vita i'll find out no i don't I, think any children cool. have or had a vita no, which, which is cooler yeah. it had some really good ideas it, it was similar to the wii u in that the the possibilities of the hardware were really cool and no one used them. Like yeah. The things you can do in Tearaway with like... The touchpad touch- on the back. Yeah. That seemed, yeah, it seemed like a red herring, the touchpad yeah. stuff. I mean, in terms of like getting a load of really good older games onto a portable format, mm. it's unmatched and it still has a really good place. And I think that yeah. caused it to survive on that level for a bit. But then it, yeah. you know... I mean, they the haven't time. killed it quite, have they? So no, but they, they really... It's... <sighs> I don't it, think people it, are making chugs games along right now. a small amount. Yeah. I think I think it Which still sells well okay in Japan. Like was yeah. it not at was it at the well, was late last year some Sony event and they they brought out a whole oh, new range of like Vita colors, you know, yeah. like for Japan. So. Well it's still I mean it's really good. So mm. that kind of causes something to persist right mm. on some level. Yeah. I kind of missed the time when it was the default for new 2D indie games to be on the Vita. Right. Um yeah. that was a, that was people a good still pushed her. I mean I, yeah. I remember like I mean Curve make a big point about trying to get all their things right. onto as many platforms as possible and I know Hugh was on Vita that made perfect mm. sense yeah, on the Vita. Yeah. Some of those ports are really good the binding of Isaac port. Yeah. Yeah. like that's what the Vita is for just Spelunky and Binding yeah. of Isaac you could have on there yes, but <laughs> it's I mean, worth yeah, it for Spelunky both of those I think the yeah. best experience I had with the Vita was Danganronpa which would have been great mm. on the 3DS would be great on the Switch as well it's like a visual yeah. novel and so it just feels kind of a bit like reading a book but you get to do things in it and I think that's really good for that sort of small screen experience yeah. so I'd like to see more of that on the Switch that's actually that's better than them because they're, they're repackaging them for a PS4 aren't they they're kind of putting those two games together which is cool and everything but it's a bit like playing Persona 5 now I want that on my small screen because that's I what know, Persona right? 4 was and I it's, keep it's being like oh Persona 5 I can't wait and then I remember it's on the PS4 and I go yeah. ah no you can it's remote still going to be good but, I don't want to yeah. sit down and play it yeah. <laughs> yeah, not so good on train. Um, not so good on your train jams. Let's let's wrap. Let's okay. wrap because the lights are going off in the office like around actually us, wrap and, and the, like the wrap. barriers are down. Let's not wrap in the no W sense. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> although no, let's let's just not. Uh, where, <laughs> where can people find you online, Paul? Where can uh, people find you? At Mode Seven Games on Twitter, probably easiest. There you go, and from then they can find out about all your games. Tokyo yes. Forty Two, Frozen Synapse coming this year. Yep, Frozen Synapse Two, and what day it is as well. There you go. It's things happening. Kate Gray. Hello. Uh, I, I'm strengthening my brand, so I'm pretty much uh, <laughs> I'm how not to draw on basically every platform, uh, mostly Twitter. Mainly, mainly Twitter, but also yeah, Instagrams and the uh, what else? Is there? Uh, Pinterest, Bebo, Be- <laughs> MySpace. Let's not try and find me on Bebo. I tried to find myself on MySpace, couldn't, probably for the best. But yeah, how not to draw everywhere else on all the modern platforms? What was your song that played on MySpace when you went to your page? <laughs> it was from High School Musical. Let's not go into wow. that. <laughs> you ever have a MySpace page for? <laughs> no, oh. I never did. Sadly, oh. I never did. I had a live journal. There you go. <laughs> let's oh, not see, talk about that. Oh, rolling man. back the years um please follow at waypoint on twitter uh we're waypoint vice on facebook uh you can find all of our other socials through the website which is uh waypoint.vice.com we'll be back in another two weeks with the waypoint uk podcast where we'll be talking with kate will be back with i'll me. be back you'll be back like um, in the film 
the that's um, Total Recall. Yes. Yeah. Haven't seen um, that. Commando. Haven't seen um, that. Predator. Haven't seen that. Um, Have Jungle you seen anything? Action. No action films, apart from The Fifth Element, which is my favourite film. Which is great. How strange. That's got Bruce Willis in it. it yes. I'm just drawing the Die Hard yeah. connection. Anyway, um, yeah, do come and find us. Send us nice messages. We're not that horny, actually. And, um, Out of context, Thanks Mike. very much. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.